When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even to a physical. Let's check your weight. Hop on the scale. Look at that. You're down a few pounds. Oh, yeah. Must be the new carbon fiber wheels. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. I'm going to prescribe 91 octane for your engine knock, and we'll want to see you again in 3,000 miles. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Oh, well, well, well. Hello. How are you? I, oh my, in the heart of February, aren't we? Ah, it sure feels like it, at least around here. Cold and snow. But hey, that's to be expected, right? Well, we're going to heat things up for you. (laughs) Right now with uh, a little bit of, uh, well, nonsense and... uh, Joy and conversation, and uh, our guest this week. My goodness, I don't know how we got uh, we got them, but uh, we did. They are here, and uh, well, I think without further ado, I'll go ahead and introduce this week's guest. It's you. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time out to visit with me. If it's your first visit, uh, well, welcome, and uh, if you've been here before, welcome back. Certainly appreciate you. Uh, either way, and um, man, oh man, a lot happened this week. We will get to it. Uh, the basement is, uh, it's chilly. It's chilly down here because it's, um, it's in the single digits outside. And uh, not a ton of uh, heat makes its way um, down here in the basement. It's interesting because the furnace is right over there, but uh, it all goes up, doesn't it? It all goes into the... Uh, the uh, the shoots and <laughs> and uh, goes right up, so it doesn't really don't get much down here. But uh, I don't see that lady. Uh, still don't know her name. I don't see her lurking around. So I don't. But uh, you know, hopefully she's off today. Or so. well, you know what? She might be off today. Why? Because it's Wednesday, and normally we do this on Tuesday. So yesterday, uh, if you were looking for uh, this episode, you didn't find it, did you? But it's here now, all right? Uh, and that was due to weather. Uh, kept kind of gummed up the works there. But uh, everybody's good now. And uh, Jason's here. Um, and uh, I'm here. And uh, you're here. So let's have some fun. Oh, we have a fine sponsor this week. Um, happy to have them on board. This week's sponsor of That Josh Arnold Podcast, A Balloon. How about that? I, uh... Uh, everybody enjoys <laughs> a balloon. They can be uh, they're, they're they're fun, aren't they? Uh, the colorful, you know, whether or not they be like your your standard vinyl balloon, or maybe you've got one of the the from what I understand now mylar rare mylar balloons. I think there's a sh- mylar shortage. I don't I don't feel like I'm making that up. I think that is a thing. And uh, <laughs> uh, ah man, even as a grown up, don't you like a balloon? Especially let's say you go to um, a birthday party for a young person, and there are balloons aplenty. Uh, boy, as a grown-up, you even you just want you want to bat it around, don't you? And maybe play that "Don't Let It Touch the Ground" game or uh, whatever. That's fun stuff. And uh, oh my gosh, 
How about those helium balloons? Man, oh, man. You got to be careful. You let go of that string and off they go. You know what I mean? That's You don't want that. And that, that's, that's one of life's uh, great um, sort of ironies, isn't it? You want to watch the balloon soar, but you don't want to lose the balloon. So you hang on to it. And, uh, boy, you're sad when it goes, <laughs> when you accidentally let go of that string, but you still watch it and you're still kind of amazed. How far is it going to go? Can you still see it? That kind of thing. <laughs> How about hot air balloons? Those are neat. Huh? Some of you, uh, may be scared of, of riding in one. I've never done it. I think I would, but I guarantee I'd be terrified. But, uh, boy, they're pretty and cool. And don't you get excited when you see one off in the distance? Hey, everybody, there's a hot air balloon. And oh man. So thank you. Oh, and, and let's not forget with, with those helium balloons, uh, you puncture a tiny hole in it. Well, now the fun really begins, doesn't it? You, you, you breathe in some of that. And uh, I'm, I, I don't know uh, uh, how good that is for you. Uh, I, I don't know. So I, you know what? I'm not going to encourage you to do it. But when you do, your voice sure sounds funny. So <laughs> thank you. Balloon for sponsoring uh, our podcast this week. I hope you enjoy a balloon sometime soon. Uh, that reminds me, I got a letter uh, from Misty. She writes, and she was listening to the January 27th podcast, and she said that the sponsor was dry ice. That's not exactly true. The sponsor was ice, and I talked about how ice is great for drinks and stuff like that. She claims that I, I, uh, and I'm not telling, I'm not saying that she's wrong because this is probably something I said, but that I said if you put dry ice in your drink, that's that would be neat or whatever. She says she works at a dry ice factory and never do that. Don't ever put <laughs> dry ice uh, in your drink. It would be, uh, it's bad if if you do that. So uh, don't do it. Um, if I said that, I apologize. Um, if I didn't. That's okay. It's still a worthy message to get out there. Don't drink your dry ice, people. All right. Uh, and if you already have, well, uh, I, um, I hope everything's okay. So, all right. Well, even though it's uh, pretty cold out, uh, maybe not where you are, but uh, here it certainly is, uh, we're going to hop on board that train and make our way to Vocabulary Station. Ah. Ooh. A lot of steam today because of how cold it is here. Boy, oh boy, plumes of it pouring out of that uh, stack up on top of the engine. How about that? That is something. And we've arrived at Vocabulary Station. This is a fun one today, a fun word. Um, blatherskite. Blatherskite. Uh, B-L-A-T-H-E-R-S. Kite. K-I-T-E. Blatherskite. And it means, uh, it's got two definitions. So you can use this, uh, you know, in, in a couple different ways. One of them is a person who blathers. So someone who's spouting off nonsense. Boy, is he a blatherskite. We all know blatherskites. You work with a couple. I know I work with at least one. Um, <laughs> in fact, there are many times where I am the blatherskite. Just spewing idiocies. And uh, it also means nonsense or blather itself. So a blatherskite 
uh, often pedals in blatherskite. How about that? So uh, you could say, you're speaking blatherskite, or you could say, boy, you're a real blatherskite. Ugh. Quit being such a blatherskite. Isn't that a fun one? Use that at some point uh, this week. And then you can be you can do that obnoxious, uh, condescending thing where you, you go, boy, you're being a, a, a true blatherskite. Well, what does that mean? Uh, look it up. That's always fun to say. Look it up. <laughs> There's no reason they should know the definition, but... Uh, well, you know what? There is a reason they should know the definition. They should be listening to the show, and they should be learning the definition. Just like you are. That's right. You are a better person for listening to this program. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it's good to know that. I, I need to remind you guys uh, more often that uh, listening to this podcast makes you a better person than those who don't. All right. Uh, I hope you enjoyed learning about uh, being a blatherskite. Uh, uh, Here's something that I've enjoyed uh, uh, the last week or so. In fact, you know what? We've got a segment, don't we? Let me see. Yes, we do. What I enjoyed this week. Oh, look at this blatherskite just traipsing down the lane. Uh, Look at him. He won't shut up. We're trying to enjoy this song. And he's just going on and on about this and that. Oh, what a true Blatherskite. Get out of here, Blatherskite. Take your Blatherskite and get out of here. <laughs> is, anybody else, is anybody else picturing a fat guy? Don't you love the fat loudmouth? Just the... <laughs> like in an old uh, 40s movie or whatever. I, I, I know better than this. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Anyway, what I enjoyed this week will not be for everybody. I'll be honest. It's uh, it's a song, and um, it's uh, of the heavier sort of uh, rock genre. And I know uh, that's not always uh, for everyone, but boy, am I digging the new single from Rob Zombie. I, I really, I've always enjoyed Rob Zombie's music, and I like his movies, uh, even though they are very divisive. Um... In, in the horror community, a lot of folks think that uh, they're not good. A lot of folks think that they're amazing. I tend to think there's a lot of good and a lot of bad in, in almost every one of his movies. So um, there are times where I go, man, he's a genius. And other, and other times where I go, uh, he has no idea what he's doing. Uh, but that's, you know, everybody's opinion is uh, their own. Boy, uh, how... How profound was that? Everybody's opinion is their own. Uh, any other uh, wisdom you can uh, impart on us, Josh? So uh, that said, I, I I own almost every one of his movies, and I do watch them. And uh, um, they at the very least they fascinate me. So, but those also are not for everybody. They <laughs> if you've seen one, you know. Um, but his music, I tend to really enjoy I think he absolutely knows what he's doing there and I really enjoy it it's a it's a fun mix of rock and macabre and uh um it's just I I have a good time listening to it and his latest single is no uh no exception it's called the eternal struggles of the howling man so uh immediately you think uh, werewolf or you think lunatic um, whatever is making this man howl. The title itself, very evocative. And when it first starts, you go, well, my gosh, this is Rob Zombie. Uh, in, 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 I mean, back to the base. I mean, it's 
almost white zombie. It, it sounds very white zombie. The band he was in uh, before going solo, uh, and um, and it, it it it's great. It's just it's it's rocking. It's fun. It's bizarre. And about two two and a half minutes, three minutes in, it takes a left turn that is a blast. It all of a sudden it goes from being this um, this heavy heavy rock song to this super funky uh upbeat sort of uh, a mild disco thing it, i mean it's well funk really it i mean but it is it's a blast and his the single that came out uh, just before that like a month or so before the it's called the triumph of king freak another very colorful title in fact the full title is the triumph of king freak and then in parentheses a crypt of uh what is it a crypt of Super superstition and oh, I'm forgetting. It might be like preservation and superstition or something like that. Very bizarre title, but also evocative. And uh, they're both really fun songs. I'm looking forward to the whole new album. Again, some of you are going to listen to it and go, "Hey, that's not for me," but uh, I hope some of you listen to it and go, "Man, this is this is cool. I like it. I I certainly have been enjoying. Pl- I've been wearing them out the last week or so, putting them on in the car and uh, when I'm just kind of." working on something at home, whatever. Fun stuff, Rob. Thank you. I'm excited that you've got new music. And by the way, I have seen Rob in concert a few times, and he is the definition of a front man. I mean, that guy is a performer through and through. And I actually, at one concert, I uh, the last time I saw him, it he was with Marilyn Manson and um, uh, Rob... Uh, closed. So Marilyn went first, and then Rob came out, and um, he did this. Thing. He's, he was doing. Uh, I don't remember what song it was, but he's on stage, and all of a sudden, he walks off the stage, and he's coming up the stairs through the audience. And I, I, uh, I went. Well, well, I, I've got to go to the bathroom anyway. I had. I really did have to go. I'd had a couple beers and things like that. And uh, so I had a, a, a mild buzz, and I went, uh, well, this is the perfect time for me to go to the bathroom. Why? Because I'm going to walk right by Rob Zombie. <laughs> so I left my seat and went through the row, and I went <laughs> I went down uh, you know, to the big aisle there where you walk out to the bathrooms. And as I'm walking out, Rob walks right up to me, and we're the only, we're the only uh, two right there. <laughs> I mean, we we were so close to each other that we kind of like rubbed arms. You know what I mean? But I I I, I dorked out. I totally dorked out, and I did the nerdiest thing. And I'm sure some people laughed at this. This was so idiotic of me. Uh, I put my hand up to high five him, and so and I'm not a high fiver. I don't. In fact, I don't like high fiving at all. If you ever see me in public. Uh, do me the favor and just don't high five me. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm never comfortable doing it. I don't know why I don't like it. I just don't. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm not. But in this case, I went well. When you're walking right next to Rob Zombie, you've got to high five him, and so, <laughs> so like a moron, I put my arm up to high five him. And you might go, well, that's not really being a moron. Here's why. Uh, <laughs> it was moronic. The arm. 
the, the only way that he would have been able to high five me was with his left arm and he had his microphone in his left hand and he was singing into it. <laughs> so I throw my arm up in the air and he has to leave me hanging because he's singing into the microphone that's in his hand. So he just skates right by me and our arms sort of uh, <laughs> brush or whatever. And uh, he gave me a look like it was a nice look. Like, hey, man, like he gave me the um, an eyeball high five, if you know what I mean. Like it looked like he... Had I not been, hey, if I weren't performing right now, I would have high-fived you. <laughs> but I must have looked pretty foolish to uh, some of the people. But who cares? It was fun. I uh, I decided, you know what? And thanks to a couple of the, the tall, tall beers I'd had before, I uh, I went, I'm going to walk right by this guy. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was kind of a fun moment. So check out his new singles, The Eternal Struggles of the Howling Man and The Triumph of King Freak. Fun stuff, if that's your, if that's your thing. Uh, boy, Valentine's Day a couple days ago. Huh? I hope you had a lovely Valentine's Day. I had fun. I got to spend some time with uh, well, some people that that mean a lot to me, and I I got to uh, I got gifts for my nieces. Um, and uh, boy, they're still they arrived uh, a little late, and so they're they're on their way to them. And um, uh, boy, so I get I get. I guess I'm bragging a little bit because I get an extended Valentine's Day. As soon as they get them, they'll FaceTime me, and that'll be nice. So uh, I hope you had a fine – you know what else I did uh, on Valentine's Day? I am on Cameo, and uh, that's that thing where you can go and you can have um, some of your favorite uh, celebrities uh, like – do video messages for your friends and family or whatever, wishing them a happy birthday or happy anniversary, whatever. And uh, Chick and I did this kind of fun thing where we both posted videos on our Instagrams about advertising our Cameo pages. And um, then it sort of became like a, oh, well, who's going to get more? He ended up getting more. He got uh, one more than I did. Uh, He also charges a little more than I do, which, uh, hey, uh, I'm not going to say that that's um, gross, but... No, of course. Anyway, uh, what I enjoyed about it was um, getting to spend or getting to share your Valentine's Day. So thank you if you ordered a cameo. Uh, I really appreciate it. And it was a lot of fun being a part of your Valentine's Day. So um, that was a good time. If you're ever interested in having a uh, chick or I or whatever, do a cameo, check it out. It's uh, it's a fun little thing. And uh, I, I like to think that we we aren't charging too much for it. Uh, but anyway, uh, birthdays, uh, whatever you want. Uh, well, for the most part, we will uh, happily do that for you. Uh, so that was fun. It was a weird week last week. I want to share um, some uh, some things with you. I This month, well, no, January and February, they have been the month, they've been months of uh, unexpected expenses. <laughs> Winter has kicked my ass uh, in the uh, um, financial department, in a sense. And uh, please, I'm not complaining. I'm I uh, I don't want you to think that because I am blessed to be working right now, and uh, I I never take that for granted. So I'm able to pay my bills, and I'm uh, able to uh, enjoy, um, you know, uh, a. Uh, a, a del- delivered meal and things like that every now and again. And so 
I'm I'm not complaining, but we've all been there. We've all been hit with unexpected expenses, and uh, this month just happened to be uh, the last thirty days or so have have been major capital expenditures <laughs> at my house. The uh, my water heater went out, so I had no hot water only for boy a day because uh, um, I had a fine company come out and they were able to to change out my water heater within a day. And then at the same time, they were able to kind of work out a deal with me because I needed other work done. They said, "Hey, if you get all this work done at once, we can take a a little bit of money off." And uh, when I first moved into my house, my inspector told me that my electrical panels were ancient and, in fact, might have been uh, really, like, no longer, um, not not legal, but certainly <laughs> no longer recommend. The, whatever materials were in my electrical boxes, no good anymore. So um, he was like, you're going to want to get those changed immediately. Well, I didn't. It's been three years since I moved in. But I thought, hey. Now's the time to do it because this company also does that. And so a, a pretty penny for a new water heater and uh, new electrical panels and uh, breakers and all that stuff. But um, I was, uh, yes, so again, I'm, I'm working, so I'm able to, uh, to uh, and I had a little bit of money saved up and I went, okay, well, hey, this has to happen. I need hot water and I need electricity, so let's do it. Well, uh, just as I've been told that this is what uh, owning a house is, essentially, once you get one thing paid off, the next thing rears its ugly head. And so uh, uh, I um, that cost me a, a bit of money. And uh, as soon as I went, okay, well, now I can sort of get my head back above water, <laughs> my uh, whole HVAC system went out. <laughs> So uh, we're talking heat pump and uh, furnace. Boy, uh, and that is, uh, well, let's just say uh, I was quickly introduced to what's known as a home improvement loan (laughs) at a certain uh, APR, which... uh, Boy, there's nothing like that, huh? No matter what it is. I mean, you could tell me that my interest on a loan is going to be 0.01%, and I'm still going to go, ah, jeez, I have to to pay. I'm already borrowing money, and now I I have to pay extra for – I mean, I totally get it, but it's just one of those things you go, dang it. And one of my best friends, his name is Joe Murray. He's a comedian out of St. Louis. He once told me – he goes, there's nothing worse – than spending money to get back to normal, and uh, <laughs> that really hit me. Was, you're exactly right. A lot of you want to, you spend money when you spend a lot of money. You want to go. Well, I've got something new and fun and enjoyable. I either got a new car or I uh, <laughs> I took a trip. Uh, something you know worthwhile. But just to get back to where you were is just <laughs> like it just feels like there was nothing gained. And and trust me, I did a lot of research. I weighed my options on. Uh, Different HVAC systems and costs and and uh, things like that and uh, debated with myself and uh, debated with uh, uh, the uh, company who would be installing them and you know everything was fine they were great but uh, it's just one of those things you go boy am I do I really all right and I had to do it you know you have to do it 
And you and I try to look on the bright side and go, okay, well, when I go to sell the house, I can tell the folks, hey, there's um, you know, a water heater that's only four years old, or there's a furnace that's only four years old. You know, those are good things. And uh, um, you know, anyway, it's just a it's <laughs> it's a wild wild thing when you when you all of a sudden go, okay, all right, well, I uh, <laughs> I just paid off the appendectomy I had done three years ago. Uh, now time to start paying off this furnace. So, <laughs> but we've all been there. And, uh, hopefully if you're facing issues like that, you're also able, uh, to work and make payments and, uh, and get it taken care of. There are a lot of folks who, um, uh, you know, are, are in a position right now where they're not uh, as blessed. And I, I hope that, uh, that gets better for them very soon. Because I've also been there where uh, I may have been working, but I wasn't making uh, good money. I was a, a consultant or a comedian uh, full-time or whatever, and it tend to be, tended to be feast or famine. Some months you would make uh, thousands of dollars, and other months maybe hundreds. So you had to balance things out. And uh, um, if, a, if one of those unexpected expenses came up, man, that's a, that is a, that's tough. So. Uh, all my best to uh, anybody going through financial issues. And uh, just uh, remember, uh, boy, there's uh, you'll get through it. it. It will be. It's it's tough, but it will be okay. I've gotten through it, and I'll get through it again. And uh, you, you will too. So I thought uh, this week, uh, why not answer some questions that you've uh, written in um, asking me. Uh, it's always great to hear from you, Josh Podcast at bobandtom.com. I will let you know that I um, uh, am a little behind in responding to everybody. So if you haven't heard from me, don't take it personally. I've uh, not been um, well. I kind of told you what's been on my mind lately. <laughs> uh, but uh, reading your emails and kind words and, and things like that are certainly a respite from some of those issues. And uh, let's see. What we have here in the stack of questions I've got in front of me. Well, Mark Anthony, uh, boy, that's and and that's not it's not like Mark first name Anthony last name. It doesn't look like here, um, Mark Anthony. So it's either his middle name, but that's if, dude. If if Anthony, if I my name were Mark and my middle name were Anthony, I would absolutely insist on being called Mark Anthony. That is awesome. So. He says, "I uh, what do we got here? I was wondering if you enjoy the King Kong and Godzilla movies, old and new. The new King, uh, the new Kong versus Godzilla is coming out. Uh, what do you think? I am excited. I'm excited. I love monster movies. I I love uh, old Kong and old Godzilla, and I have been impressed so far with the new. Um, I don't know what is what are they calling it? The kaiju." universe or whatever giant monsters um i i think the latest godzilla movies have been fun and that latest king kong has been fun and i think the peter jackson king kong is excellent i know it has its detractors but i boy i loved it so mark anthony simple uh, answer to your question i am uh, I, I am a fan and i am very excited to see kong and godzilla duke it out perhaps at the expense of some of our finer skylines uh, <laughs> but boy, oh boy, it looks fun. Uh, Grant has written in asking, uh, where can we go to listen 
to some of your stand-up sets as well as any of the Bob and Tom albums. Okay. And when it comes to the Bob and Tom albums, my biggest recommendation would be Bob and Tom 24-7. It's uh, go Get the Bob and Tom app. You can listen to all kinds of stuff on it. And if you listen to the 24-7, then uh, they're playing old bits, old uh, visits with comedians, old shows. It's it's awesome. You're, you're going to love it. And be sure to listen to the Bits and Pieces podcast that uh, Willie, Jason, Jess, and Allsman do because they're always listening to older bits and uh, talking about them and and uh, analyzing them and uh, giving some behind the scenes on them. So those are two great resources for old Bob and Tom material. Um, in terms of getting any of the CDs or albums or anything like that, I uh, I'm sure they're out there somewhere, but I don't know that they're available like through the the Bob and Tom website or app or anything like that. I but um, maybe uh, you'll you'll who knows you know the physical media. I'm sure you can find somewhere, but I just don't think they're available through the the main Bob and Tom channels. Is what I'm saying. In terms of uh, my stand up sets, sometimes things will pop up on YouTube that I had no idea about. Um, usually they're things I don't want up there, meaning <laughs> they were a bit that I was working out at the time or they were, um, or they're super dated and old, uh, things like that. Or when I was first starting and so they're not very good, who, who knows? Um, so you may occasionally come across a clip of me out there, but, uh, I will, I, I did record, um, uh, well, boy, oh boy, this had to have been in. Maybe even 2019, I recorded um, some stand-up sets and haven't done much with them to the point where now I'm going to have to go back and kind of cherry-pick from those sets bits that are still applicable to, uh, um, you know, because I'm sure there's some dated stuff in there, so I need to sort of ignore that stuff, pick the stuff that's evergreen, and uh, then what I plan on doing is adding... Um, material from upcoming shows. I have none on the books yet, but I'm sure you know midsummer or or whenever. Uh, I uh, 21. I will be back out there, and I yeah, I plan on recording again and eventually getting a CD out. I think it'd be it might be fun. So uh, nothing really available now, Grant. I really appreciate you asking though. Thanks for your interest, and I will let all of you know as soon as. Uh, I have a, a CD or, or whatever, streaming or for sale, wh- whatever out there. So um, what else do we have? Dustin. Boy, you might remember Dustin for being the uh, impetus for the question about, um, well, that led to about three or four podcasts uh, kind of going through my history. Um, he had, oh, n- more good questions from Dustin. He says uh, he has questions about fan interaction. Do fans... Ever show up to the radio station while you're on the air? If so, how does the crew feel about that? Uh, that has happened. And when it's an unexpected visit from a fan, it, uh, some, it, uh, well, we get a little uneasy. <laughs> I'll just, I'll be honest. Uh, just like you might if you were sitting at your cubicle. And um, somebody came up to you and said, hey, 
there's a stranger here to see you. You <laughs> you might not know. You know, you might feel a bit uh, cautious or uneasy about it. Now, I would say for the most part, anybody who I, I, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt that they have good intentions and uh, everything like that. But in today's world, you know, you can't be too careful. So um, we prefer that you not just show up to the station. Um, there are channels um, to get a hold of us or if you say have, uh, boy, uh, gifts for us, whatever. You know what I mean? That um, to get things to us, there are ways to do it. And uh, just, uh, you know, you can find out on the Bob and Tom website. Uh, just showing up does kind of make us nervous. Um, what'll tend, what tends to happen is if somebody does show up, um, eventually, you know, Dean, our wonderful producer, will go out and, and talk to them. Just say, hey, how can I help you or, or, or what can I do for you? And then, uh, you know, find out. And sometimes they've... Um, uh, been very pleasant visits from what I understand and other times not so pleasant. And, uh, I've, I've looked out the window before and seen police cars. <laughs> I'm just being honest. So, um, uh, anyway, um, how has being on the Bob and Tom show changed your interaction with fans in your day to day life? Uh, I, you know, I get recognized and, uh, it's for the most part, very nice. It's always pleasant, uh, always fun to hear from uh, a, a listener. Now, there have been people who, you know, have let me know that they're not a fan, which is always interesting to me. Uh, I feel like if you if you weren't a fan of mine, you you could uh, not bother introducing yourself to me and saying anything. You could have just gone on with your life. Uh, but sometimes uh, people feel the need to <laughs> let me know that they don't care for what I'm doing. Uh <laughs> I, I, that's not, I'm not that type of person. I would just, if I, uh, saw somebody and I went, you know what? I don't, I'm not a fan of theirs. I just w wouldn't, uh, <laughs> say anything because it wouldn't, I, I don't think it would make me feel any better to, to say something, but uh, that's okay. Um, most of the time uh, the interaction is very friendly and very nice. And, uh, um, uh, has a fan ever crossed the line and made you uncomfortable? Sure. It's happened. Uh, they don't always mean to. Sometimes, you know, I meet people at comedy clubs or at theaters uh, you know, where I've done a show, and there have been there's been alcohol served. So it's sometimes folks get a little louder or uh, handsier or maybe even accidentally um, meaner than they mean to. You know, um, and yes, it's uncomfortable, but I tend to again tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. Just going, eh, well, you know, they're out having a good time. They don't mean to be obnoxious or rude. It's just uh, that's just the way. They're uh, coming off now, and uh, you know I, I tend to be nice. There was, there was one uh, boy. There, it was kind of a, a couple weeks worth of being fairly uncomfortable, and I even give this person the benefit of the doubt because um, she was very nice, but it really made me uncomfortable. And I that was I don't think that it, no. I in fact. I, I'm real sure that that was not her intent, um, but I, well, here's what happened. I, I It was when I still lived in St. Louis, and I was uh, working, doing a lot of stand-up comedy there, and um, the way that uh, it would go is Tuesdays were open mic night at the St. Louis Funny Bone, and the, the comedians that lived in St. Louis, the working comedians, as well as 
people doing comedy for the first time and people who were trying to get into being professional comedians um, would all go to open mic. Guys like Greg Warren and uh, and um, comedians, all the same, uh, Nikki Glaser and and Tommy Jonigan and and all, would all go to work out new material, and um, uh, other guys, uh, other people would go up and work on old material that they were trying to polish, um, or to get uh, they wanted to do material that they that could be considered old, but that they knew worked, so they could get the attention of the funny bone manager and say, Hey, I, I could host here or what, you know, that kind of thing. I'm sure most of you know how open mics work. Well, this woman was showing up to open mics with her boyfriend or husband. And, um, I had jokes about, uh, I still have jokes, you know, about, uh, sex, you know, nothing too graphic or whatever, but about being, I was, you know, single. And so I, about, you know, being a single guy and uh, looking for sex and romance, whatever. Well, <laughs> this lady seemed to take what I was saying pretty seriously and would come up to me after my set or after the open mic and hit on me. And it, and and uh, I kind of played along the first time or two because I thought, she was being mostly facetious and, uh, you know, I'll joke back with people or whatever. And she seemed nice enough. She was not my type at all. I had zero interest, um, in, in her and she also was with a guy. And so, uh, I wasn't terribly comfortable with like flirting back, uh, <laughs> because this dude was there. Well, there were about three or four weeks where, she showed up consistently, and the flirting turned into like some some real uh, harassment, and not angry or or mean, but just some of the filthiest, most um, descriptive things I've ever heard, and I, and I got real uncomfortable with it, and uh, um, and and the thing was is. I kind of wouldn't respond uh, positively, and I don't mean I got I yelled at her or I got mad or whatever. I would just go oh and leave or, or walk away and go talk to my friends. You know what I mean? I didn't engage her. So what would happen is then I would get home, and I would have a Facebook message from her that was, again, uh, <laughs> a little too much for me. And so <laughs> and uh, so eventually I uh, I told her at at. Like the last time it happened, I told her the open mic, "Hey, um, this is no thanks." Essentially, uh, because she wasn't just saying th- like she really wanted to meet up and do these things, and and I never, I could never tell if she wanted to with her partner, whatever, whoever the guy was that she was with. Um, I, I don't, I kind of, I don't really know what the whole situation because I didn't want to know, and so. Um, I, I just really said, Hey, no, no more of this. And, uh, <laughs> again, as politely as I could. And I got home and, uh, there were more messages. And so I had to block her and, uh, it got me thinking, boy, um, I hope I never <laughs> flirted with a woman in my life where it got to that point for her, where she, 
<laughs> because this is not a good feeling. It's not a uh, and it's easy. It would be easy to joke, you know. Oh, guys can't be harassed. That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but they sure can, and uh, it's it's not great. So, <laughs> uh, boy, I'd hate to think. In fact, uh, my good friend Greg Warren. Uh, had a bit for a while about uh, being hit on at a bar, and he didn't much care for <laughs> who was hitting on him. And and he said, and he thought, my gosh, is this how women feel when I talk to them? <laughs> it was a terrific bit, and uh, I certainly could relate uh, during this. I was like, boy, if this is how girls feel when I uh, flirt with them, I I am so sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yes, that that was really kind of one of the only times I can think about being genuinely uncomfortable uh, the other times have been sort of small you know i was quickly able to get over it but um thank you for the fine questions dustin well who do we have here brad brad says if my if i may ask to break down the fourth wall oh sure um when bits are done on the show that involve curse words that are censored do you say the words or do you say something that sounds like them I'm pretty sure Christie's attack on Chick a couple years ago was true. Ah, so uh, Chick said something Christie didn't like, and Tom said, you need to go record uh, your true feelings and thoughts, and Dean will bleep out the curse words, and then we'll play them. If you're not familiar with that bit, that's what happened. If you are, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, yes, I believe in that case, Christie did actually say the bad words, and Dean edited them, you know, put the beeps over them. And Brad says, uh, I'm asking more your holiday song of eating too much. Oh, yes, I wrote a song and sang a song called Too Fat to F. Um, and when we recorded that, I did indeed sing the F word. Um, uh, and they were beeped or whatever. So, um, yes. Now, there are in some cases where you may hear <laughs> on one of the older Bob and Tom bits, Willie uh, cussing or something when he was like 10. Uh, in that case, they did not really have uh, the kid. They did not really have him say the cuss word. They just had him say, you know, let's say if it were the F word, he said um, uh, Frank or something like that. And Dean would edit it to the way to where you just hear the F and the K. So um, we would not. <laughs> yeah, no, we. We may seem like we have no morals or ethics at times, but we certainly do when it comes to production of things. We don't ever have anybody do anything that they're not comfortable with or that we may think would be questionable. So, uh, good question. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not a uh, a big break-the-fourth-wall guy in today's um, – but I'm happy to answer your questions. And if you ever send in a question that – about something that goes on behind the scenes that I'm not willing to discuss or, or, or comfortable with, or, or or I just don't want to ruin the magic, I'll uh, I'll, I'll certainly let you know. You know, I'll just go, hey, um, because I I'm, I'm old school when it comes to comedy and entertainment and things like that. I've never been a huge um, DVD commentary guy. I've never been a big uh, podcast. You know, listening to people talk about their uh, their work and analyze. Uh, comedy or movies or stuff like that. I just like the work itself. I, I um, I'm, I, I know Tom is of this uh, ilk as well. He, in fact, he's more staunch about it than I am. Um, I get why people are interested, and so I, I, I will occasionally break the fourth wall. 
Um, or I'll do it to make, if I do ever do it on the morning show, it's to make my coworkers laugh, um, which isn't a great thing. We're here for you. We're not always, but it is sometimes fun to have little inside jokes. Um, and, uh, I just, I, I don't, I think there's a certain magic, uh, with television and music and movies and everything like that, that I let the, the work speak for itself. I don't always have to know how it got done or how now that said, Boy, when I'm a fan of something, um, and when you're a fan of don't you like knowing, uh, boy, I love that album. I wonder what it was like in the studio. And you can seek it out. So uh, um, I, I certainly certainly get that. And the Bits and Podcasts, the Bits and Pieces podcast is certainly uh, terrific for that. So uh, it, plenty of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, there. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that for whatever reason, I've never been a, a huge uh, fan of it. But things I love, like the Bob and Tom show, or uh, I mentioned those new Rob Zombie singles. If there were a, a three minute YouTube video of uh, behind the scenes, I'd give it a look. So uh, sometimes it's fun to get a peek. Other times it can be too much, and uh, you know you find out the magician's tricks, and that's not not always as interesting as the work itself. So. Uh, Okay, and we had one more question here. As always, I, I I get them mixed up and don't you know shuffle the papers. Ah, here we go. This comes to us from Bernard or Bernard. Uh, maybe you're British. I think in <laughs> a lot of uh, Bernard. Uh, so either yeah, Bernard. Uh, let's see. He says you seem very upbeat and positive on your podcast, but on the morning show. You often seem dark-humored and grouchy. <laughs> and Bernard says, which is it? <laughs> Terrific. That's a great question, and you are absolutely correct. Uh, the answer to which is it is both. Now, generally speaking, when I don't have a microphone in front of me, I like to think of myself as a, a friendly, upbeat, positive person. Do I get in moods off the air or, uh, you know, in, in everyday life? Of course. Who doesn't? Where I'll get um, ah, a little crabby uh, about, you know, or, uh, or or a little sad or, or whatever. Or sometimes just quiet. Um, I'll tell you what, man. I when, I when I do a show, the morning show for four hours, and then I, you know, there's like usually half an hour or so, and then I'll do the podcast. After that podcast, I am just done talking, and I just just need and or want to be quiet. So, um, uh, in fact, Jason, my producer uh, for the podcast, there was a, a morning where I had to apologize to him, and uh, because he 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 got in um, at ten. Just as I was getting off the air, essentially, and he and I love to talk about music or uh, whatever, and <laughs> and I don't think that he thought I was. I don't think that you thought I was being rude at times, but there must have been days where you went, "Well, he doesn't feel like talking." <laughs> and I actually, I said, "Jason, man, I'm so sorry. I just, uh, if it feels like I'm not interested in what you're saying, or I, or I'm not interested in talking, I'm just, <laughs> I just don't want to hear my voice for a little bit." So, but he also, he's been around here way longer than I have. And he knows how, uh, you know, how it is with uh, Chick and Christy and Tom in particular, who've been doing this uh, for decades, uh, that, hey, yeah, maybe give them, don't, <laughs> if you want to talk to them, they, they need a little break or whatever in between. So, uh, 
Tom would often he often jokes uh, if you ever want me to say no to something, ask me at ten oh five. So it's uh, there's some truth behind that. So anyway, um, we you know y- yes I, I I am a positive and upbeat person, but I I can't help it I I do like dark humor and I and I like I like um, playing up grouchiness. On the morning show, and there's a reason why I don't do it on the podcast, uh, because there's nobody here to put me in my place when it's just me. When I'm being, uh, when I'm saying inappropriate things, or or being um, unnecessarily grouchy or petty on the Bob and Tom show, I've got six or so people to call me out on it, and that is a lot of fun and in fact uh this is a peek behind the curtain if if you um if you don't want to hear this i will talk with you next week but if you're fine with a a little peek behind the curtain uh here it is um often i uh if i am complaining about a story that we're doing or i am upset about uh, someone in the story or something like that i'm not actually upset I am uh, pretending to be upset because I know, particularly if we have a story that I can tell everyone loves, uh, and Chick is really good at this too, um, uh, sensing that everybody likes this happy, uh, pleasant story or whatever, I will be the odd man out uh, on purpose. I may very well agree with them in real life. But on the show, I will go, oh, this is so stupid. And uh, that way they can it, – it's it's interesting. It's interesting radio. at this, And, and maybe I'm uh, – the risk is I'm going to sound like an a-hole. And uh, – <laughs> but we're a comedy show, and if we have to – you know, sometimes the comedy happens naturally. Sometimes it needs to be created. And I will create that – I will sacrifice – my uh, image or whatever for uh, <laughs> for the comedy. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying that's what happens. And Chick is good at that, too. If we're all really happy about, I don't know, a story about horses uh, and we're enjoying ourselves, Chick's good at being, well, you know, uh, most horses die before they're... <laughs> and then we can all go, you idiots, what's wrong with you? And, and uh, you know, kind of have fun. Now, problems do arise with me particularly because I uh, have been doing this for four and a half years, which means, relatively speaking, I'm still quite new at this. And so I'm still learning how to do this and how to balance um, that what Chick calls fake anger. You'll Sometimes you'll hear him go, my fake anger is off the charts. <laughs> um and you could argue that that's a cop-out. Uh, there are guys um, like Tom who would say, don't ever say, he doesn't. I've never heard him say this. But I think um, in his mind he's going, he would, Tom would, wouldn't do the fake anger line is what I'm saying. It's just two different comedic philosophies kind of there. Chick will say it so that you guys know, uh, so just as a tip of the, a wink to the audience going, hey, I'm not really that mad about this. Tom doesn't care if you think he's really mad about it or not. <laughs> In fact, he, I, I, I would argue, and I don't know this to be true, I would argue he really wants you to believe that he's upset about it because 
he is first and foremost a performer, a showman for the audience. He he doesn't want the peek behind the curtain. He he's what he's putting out there is what you get. Okay, so um, there is there's very little winking to the audience. Now, if you watch video of the show, you will occasionally see things um, that you won't uh, hear. Boy, there's some of that. Uh, there's some of that wisdom. Huh? You'll see things you won't hear. What I mean is. Um, I may say, Willie may say something or Godwin may say something and I will give them the business. I'll say something rude or critical to them. And on the radio, what you miss is me turning around to Godwin or me looking at Willie with a huge smile on my face and sort of a wink knowing, Hey, I'm just ribbing you. And, um, (laughs) or I'll say something despicable. Let's say we're talking about a celebrity everyone loves. And I'll just I'll just make some awful joke about uh, I don't know how they look, which is the lowest sort of form of comedy in, in many ways. <laughs> Ripping on somebody for something they have no control over, uh, and uh, and I'll I will be smiling even though I'll sound like I'm uh, just being a total jerk. So uh, I'll I you know I give Willie or somebody a smile, going Hey, you know this is all. Nonsense, right? So, uh, anyway, I um, oftentimes I now here's uh, okay. Here's what I was getting at. Uh, sorry for the hemming and hawing. It has gotten away from me, and in fact, last week it really got away from me. The grouchiness factor, and it's it's uh, I have been wrestling with it for a week. You ever had you know you, we've all had those days where you go to work and you don't do a great job, and you go, man, I just wasn't good at my job today. Well, last Wednesday, I would argue, I was not very good at my job. Um, I took a couple risks that didn't pay off um, with just some jokes, which is fine. That, that ha- if you're you're not if you're if you're not taking risks in comedy, you're not you're probably not doing a particularly good job. Comedy, a lot of uh, comedy is about risk, and a lot of what makes us laugh are things that are said that we in polite society wouldn't normally say. The role of the comedian oftentimes is to say things that we would never say. And we, in this climate of uh, cancel culture and political correctness, which political correctness has its place, but like anything, the pendulum swings a little too far to one side and context is totally forgotten and or ignored and um, I, I've told you all before. I think being offended is more of a choice than anything uh, than than it is just a natural reaction. Um, because I think it's real easy to hear something you don't like and uh, move on. Um, uh, but anyway, that that may just be me. Um, so, uh, boy. I... <laughs> What a terrific podcaster. Just losing my train of thought left and right. Um, anyway, I took some risks. So you got to take risks in comedy, all right? Comedy, as Steve Martin wonderfully, comedy is not pretty. <laughs> it's It can get ugly, and a lot of times that ugliness arises from a comedian taking risks and it not working. Well, the risks I took early on the show last Wednesday weren't uh, weren't ugly they were just silly and nonsense but they didn't pay out they they didn't pay off which is fine i can live with that but anyway the show uh, i i wasn't doing a particularly good job 
And so the opportunity arose for me to play up some some anger. Now, uh, the story that came up was about this uh, viral video where a lawyer was talking to a judge and some other lawyers, a very serious sort of Zoom meeting. But his child had put a cat filter on his computer, and so while he was talking about serious stuff, he couldn't get this cat filter off, so it looked silly. And I guess, you know what? People loved this thing more than I I realized. (laughs) (laughs) But everybody uh, in the room, Tom was overjoyed. He thought this was so funny, and apparently everybody else did too. I thought it was mildly amusing at best. This is Okay, so this is my real reaction to it. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, all right. But I'm also not a huge fan of most viral videos. I don't, uh, I never, I, I just, for whatever reason, they don't tickle me like they do everybody else. Uh, things like Pizza Rat. Remember that? Where it was a video of a of a rat dragging a piece of pizza <laughs> up the stairs or something. And everybody's like, can you believe this? The rat wants, yeah, I, I can believe it. Rats eat garbage. <laughs> That to me, that wasn't that amusing. It was, <laughs> there was. I mean, I guess what 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 happened? People, go, oh, he's like a person. Uh, he's, no, he's not. He's a he's a rat dragon. I know. I'm a spoil sport when it comes to that stuff. But I don't. Uh, boy, I'm a grouch when it comes to this stuff. All right, I'll just. I'm a. I'm a. Uh, <laughs> when somebody shows me a video of a, oh, you have to watch this. This dog thinks his reflection is another dog. It's like, boy, do I not care. (laughs) I love dogs. I think they're cute. I think they're fun. I I don't care. I don't care about these little... So I'm not on TikTok, and I'm not... uh, Boy, I sound like a total uh, jerk. I just don't care about that stuff. So when this came up, I didn't care, and so I started playing up that, that angle. And I got... Uh, angrier about it than was than was warranted, and here's here's what happened. <laughs> I uh, apparently I've been told too that I'm a good actor, and so <laughs> um, when I'm pretending to be angry and when I'm really angry, uh, people sometimes can't tell the difference, and that's my fault. So. Um, I wasn't as angry about this as I was sounding and apparently looking. And what it did was it shut down the conversation. Uh, I was looking for a response. I was looking for a, will you lighten up? Or what What kind of jerk doesn't like this cat video? That kind of thing. I didn't get it. My, my <laughs> however I looked or sounded, it, it made Chick and Christy and uh, <laughs> it made everybody go quiet. So in my head, I went, <laughs> I I went, well, I've got to ramp up my anger <laughs> to get a response from the room. And the and it just didn't play. The the angrier I got, um the more they let me be angry. And it's not their fault. But what would have made the whole segment better is if one of them said, what is your problem? And really called me out on being unnecessarily angry. Uh, instead, <laughs> uh, and also let me put it this way, uh, this ha- this will happen occasionally on the morning show, um, where, uh, where 
Like if I insult somebody, I need to be called out on it. Or if somebody says something, if I say something stupid, I a lot of times I'll say something stupid on purpose. You know who's the, who's just so good at this? Christy Lee. Christy Lee is is very smart, but she will say she she will totally sacrifice her image at the moment and say something dumb to get. Chick, particularly Chick and Tom's response. Like if she doesn't know anything, if if let's say um, Chick's talking about football, uh, Christy will know damn well what the. But she'll just go, "Well, what does that mean?" She totally knows what it means. She wants Christy, or she's egging on Chick to go, "Oh, you know that kind of thing." Again, creating comedy, and so, <laughs> uh, but. It doesn't work if we don't respond. So if she says something that makes her sound stupid and we're quiet and move on, well, then she just sounds stupid. It didn't, it didn't create, and uh, it's, that's frustrating. That's frustrating when it's, it's uh, I, I, I compare it to a trapeze act where I'm on the swing and uh, I'm going to let go and fly through the air. I need you to catch me on the other side. If you don't catch me, I'm going to fall flat. And... Um, so there, there is sort of a, uh, there's a lot of teamwork in here and most of the time, uh, it's picked up on and played with, but <laughs> when it isn't, you'll feel it fall flat. And so this was totally falling flat. And so I went, I've got to up my anger to get them to respond. And, and again, the angrier I got the, um, <laughs> the less they said. And so finally I went, all right, I'm going to get as angry as I've ever been. And ended up kind of, what my worry is, insulting the listeners. Because what I turned it into was, uh, oh, these videos, these viral videos are just a way for people to distract themselves from their boring lives. And, I mean, that's what I said. Did I mean it? Oh, boy. I'll be honest. Maybe 5%. But, of course, that's what these videos are. You know what I mean? I, I guess what I'm saying is, there was a kernel of truth there in that, yes, these viral internet things are ways for us to distract <laughs> ourselves from our daily lives, but that's not a bad thing. But I sold it as that being a terrible thing. And I thought that would get the rise I was looking for, and it didn't at all. And I was just really unhappy with my performance. I went, okay. Um, and you know what? That made me angry. My poor performance, I got mad at myself, and I couldn't come down from it. I I was then, I was uh, a little annoyed at the story, did a lot of fake anger, more fake anger, more fake anger. It didn't work, so then genuine anger <laughs> filled me up, and uh, I didn't do a good job. That's all there is to it. I got some nice emails saying, hey, we love Angry Josh. What you said was true. We 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 really you know it was funny and all this stuff, but uh, and I thank you guys. I thank I thank you for that. But I I didn't feel like I did a good job. I was disappointed in myself. I didn't play it right. But I'm still you know I'm still learning. And uh, the next morning, um, it was even kind of one of those things where the next morning I went, man, do I feel like coming in and um, uh, you know, the first minute of the show, I went, yeah, absolutely. I feel like, what was I talking? And and everything was fine. So uh, I'm, I'm still a little hard on myself about it. But just like anybody would be, you go, okay, didn't do a great job that day for, for whatever reason. 
uh, for you know for this reason for that reason, and uh, I'll do better. So certainly a learning experience, and I hope it is for me. I hope it is for you. Sort of a fascinating look into the fragility of humor. It's uh, comedy can be very um, fickle. You never know what's going to work, really. And and oftentimes, and this is one of the more fascinating things about being a stand-up comedian, in order to get better, you have to fail publicly. When you're doing stand-up comedy, when you're trying out a new bit, the only way to know if it's good and the only way to make it better is to do it in front of an audience, which means you are going to fail in front of people Whereas, uh, let's say you're a musician or or uh, an artist, you know, a painter, you can practice a lot on your own and get better just by, by, I'm not saying that the audience doesn't eventually play a role in you getting better, but you can practice guitar in your house for three years and, and you're going to get better. If you practice stand-up comedy in front of your mirror for three years, you are not going to get, you're not going to become a better comedian. You have to be in front of a live audience and so you are it's it's one of the only professions where you are going to you have to fail publicly and that is a vulnerable place and it's it's fascinating i think and being on the radio is the being on live radio is the exact same thing i am going to fail uh a fair amount so uh well quite honestly i'd like to thank you for allowing me to fail publicly i'm going to i've failed uh during this podcast before i've failed um you know, in the mornings. So uh, I appreciate your patience and generosity when I do fail. And hopefully my batting average is uh, over 300. So um, uh, I'll, I, I will always try to keep it, keep it at that. So uh, this has been a long answer to your question, Bernard, but uh, the answer is I'm an upbeat, positive person. I do think dark humor and being grouchy is funny um, when I'm with, and I think it's particularly funny when I have people to uh, call me out on it. So, uh, man, oh man, coming up in podcast's future. How'd you like the way I said that? Wasn't that cool sounding? Um, I'm going to be talking uh, a little bit about more jobs that I've had. People want to know about what it was like being Foghorn Leghorn at Six Flags. So uh, I'll be talking about that coming up. Before then, though, we've got this whole week ahead of us. And uh, real quick, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I really am enjoying visiting with you. And uh, and thank you for – I have gotten so many great suggestions for segments and for uh, little things um, from people, and I will be using them uh, probably depending – well, I, I don't, I don't want to say – I don't want to make a general statement. The one you sent in may have been, you know, uh, real rotten, just not good. Uh <laughs> I'm teasing you. There have been a, a plenty of great suggestions. So uh, there's gonna we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some more fun coming up here with some shifting segments and stuff like that. It'll be a good time, and I thank you for being along for the ride. This week, why don't we work on something? It's a bit of a challenge, but this, something to work on this week. Oh, boy. Happy music for a happy thing. Bettering ourselves, right? Some of you are going to hear this one and go, I'm not in. And that's totally fine. I I would never force you to take part in uh, one of these exercises to work on this week. 
But for some of you, I think this might uh, really help with uh, whatever your mood or your time or anything like that. I'm going to propose. Uh, this is something I've already done. And um, it did make me feel better. I am going to propose that you do this, and you don't have to, like I said, but consider deleting your least favorite social media app from your phone. Let's say you've got uh, all of them. You've got uh, your Snapchat and your Instagram and your Facebook and your Twitter. I say uh, the heck with one of them. Cut it off. The one that you maybe use the least. The one that... When you look at it, doesn't make you feel great for whatever reason. It's too uh, political, or it's too judgmental, or or it 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 you feel like the folks on it are rubbing their lives too much in your face, or for whatever reason they don't make you feel as positive as you deserve to feel. Cut it off. Get rid of it. I'm not saying you have to delete your account. But delete that app from your phone so that when you do check it, you actually have to go to your laptop or, or, or your work computer or something like that. Uh, I deleted a couple. I, I deleted, well, uh, a couple years ago, I deleted my entire Facebook app. Not because uh, um, it, what I was reading and seeing was necessarily making me unhappy. That happens every now and again. But... I didn't care for the product. I'll be honest. I found the site to be unwieldy, and uh, I, I'm a bit of a neophyte, so technology isn't my strong suit. I just didn't enjoy using it. And so I went, well, I've got other other ways. And so I, I deleted that entire account. I deleted my Twitter app shortly thereafter, and, um, I, you know, there were people sending me nice messages, and there were there were fun jokes and nice conversations being had. But there was also a lot of stuff I didn't care for, and I don't miss it. So um, if, if you and I had fun on Twitter, please don't take that personally. I just don't miss Twitter as a whole. Uh, I, uh, so I could have deleted my account. I think for whatever reason I couldn't figure out how to at the time. I don't remember, but I just deleted the app, and I haven't been on that in years. And um, yes, I, I, I feel like my time was better well spent elsewhere, and uh, I still enjoy Instagram and uh, things like that. So um, maybe it's time for you to delete your least favorite social media app from your phone. Give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? You go a week and go, you know what? I want it back. You get it back. So there you go. But you might find that you, uh, you, you shed some, some uh, energy that wasn't all that positive and uh, you've, you've, you've made a little bit more time for something that is positive. So... Thank you for joining me this week, and we will talk again next week.